The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show. Hamilton edition with Rick Zamprin. And Rob Golfie is a sales representative. Remax is Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. My gosh, if you're looking to sell your house or you're looking to buy a house in this market, call the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I. Dot com. Let me say that again. Number one REMAX team in Canada. Last time I checked, Canada was a pretty big place. Uh, Rob, it we is got, a pretty big place. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to talk to uh, as well on uh, some certain hot topics regarding housing and real estate, including what happens if I file for bankruptcy? What happens to the house? And what if a parent dies and leaves that house to you? What happens then? Some pretty heavy and heady topics that we'll get to later on in the show. We'll talk about the luxury real estate market in this country and in this city in particular, down in Niagara Way as well and over in Burlington and what's happening. But let's begin with what's happening in your real estate life this week, because I understand that you have some stats to lay on us. Yeah, we just got a little bit of stats. I mean, the, the, the market is picking up right now. Uh, we, we see that now that uh, everybody's back to school, but we're back in the regular routine of things. And we did we do notice that the phone is ringing uh, just a tad more, which is a good sign. Uh, people are still waiting to see what's going to happen, I guess, next week with the interest rates. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation that's going to go up another quarter point. But... Uh, in, in saying that, like, I, I mean, we've always said that this is the normal interest rate, which which we, we're saying that to make everybody feel comfortable. I get it. I get it. But it is, though. It, uh, it is the normal interest rate. We got spoiled. But in general, um, you know, the, the unit sales are down and it's hard to compare from last year, uh, January versus this year in January, because the first quarter of last year was crazy. Uh, I mean, sales numbers were just through the roof. So you can't really compare those numbers. I think once we hit June, then we can probably start uh, comparing June to June and, and stuff like that. But but I would probably uh, look at numbers, for instance, um, if we're going back, like you can't even predict uh, 2020 because that's when the pandemic, I think, first started. And so it's, it, 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 it's hard to gauge. We need two full years of a normal market, whether... Uh, uh, whether, you know, we're in an up market or down market, we just need two full years so that we can compare apples to apples, not uh, apples to oranges, but, but it is down 30% in unit sales from, uh, the first, uh, I, I, I just calculated the first 18, 19 days of January of this year versus last year, unit sales are down, um, 30% in unit sales. So, um, I mean, we're going to hear that for the next three months. So there's nothing new that, uh, we're going to, we're going to. No, and we've been hearing this for the last eight, nine months also, too, as, as sales have come down because of the markets uh, shifting and changing. And you mentioned, you know, more and more people are calling the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. Are they necessarily asking, uh, hey, can you sell my home or I'm looking to buy a home? Or is it, hey, Rob, what's happening with the market? What should we do? You know what? what what's really happening now is all these people that did have their houses up for sale, 
in the in the last three quarters of last year and saw their house uh, price or value drop as what they thought their house value was. So they obviously listed too high. Hmm. Now they're ready to sell. They're they're like the ones that are listening right now. They're saying, "Hey, uh, I want to sell my house. Uh, let's get it going. Don't give me no overinflated price." I don't look at active houses for sale to see what the average house price is going for in the area. I only go by the sold. I go by the facts. I don't, I go by what has sold and people are being more, uh, understanding and, 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 and accept the market change. Now last year, nobody accepted the market change and they were just saying, no, my house is worth this much and that's it. So, but, but this year people are more educated. They've been hearing the news for the last eight months, nine months. Now it's finally sunk into them that this is the reality of their house price. Let's go forward and get this house sold. There's some interesting news about luxury real estate. We're talking about those homes that are, you know, 2 million plus, 4 million plus, 10 million plus, those ultra luxury properties. The, um, the latest stats show that in the GTA, luxury market uh, sales, fell, this is the market uh, of homes that are worth $4 million or more, fell 24% last year compared to 2021. Uh, homes valued at more than $10 million dropped by 29%. And even those homes costing a $1 million or more. And again, this is the GTA where most homes, many homes, are listed over at or over that price. Uh, those at $1 million or more declined 28%. But there's a sentiment in the, I guess, luxury market, according to this report, that they're looking for a rebound, um, despite inventory being, you know, a big problem in cities like Toronto and like Vancouver. They're looking at a little bit of a rebound. We're not seeing the same kind of rebound happening in Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara. And Rob, you have stats to back that up as well. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing that. I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, they're. I'm not sure where they're getting their numbers on from. But Toronto and obviously Vancouver, which are bigger markets, but I don't see that market happening yet. And what I know about like a lot of luxury people uh, that buy luxury homes, they have a tendency of uh, not paying cash for their house a lot of the times because they rather invest that money into uh, whatever investment uh, things they have going on, whether it's their business, their real estate portfolio or their stock market. That's what they love putting their money in. So in my opinion, I think they're looking at this and saying, okay, listen, I'm going to put a million dollars down on a $4 million house or whatever. And, or, and they'll have a $3 million mortgage. They're probably looking at their $3 million mortgage thinking, okay, I got to pay, you know, 30, 40 grand a month uh, for this $3 million mortgage. They're saying, you know what, I'll hold off. I just keep investing into the, whatever my investment portfolio is and go on. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see it yet. And uh, maybe it's going to turn around. Yes, I do believe that the luxury market will be a good market if you can afford that market to to negotiate and get a good deal that market will come down and and because it was it was a thriving market uh until in 2021 and in the first quarter of 2022 people were paying ridiculous amounts of money i mean think about it people were uh buying a a a, a three-level side split in in let's say stony creek or hamilton for almost nine hundred thousand dollars that's and that's only that's built in 1960 or, or you know around that time. So if that's going for 900,000, can you imagine what the luxury homes gone uh, are going up to? But like 
like I said, I think they will come down in price. There'll be some good deals out there for uh, real estate. I don't see it uh, jumping yet here in the Hamilton, Niagara, Burlington, or even Brantford area. It hasn't jumped for, for us here yet. So for those luxury homes that are $2 million plus in Niagara, the peak in 2022 happened in April. There were 13 luxury properties that changed hands. Um, last month, there was one. One, and there was only four in December, so it has really slowed down in Niagara. Same kind of story in in Burlington as well. Thirty four luxury yeah. homes, two million dollars or more, sold in March. Only three last month. There were seven in December. It was only two in November, and same kind of story in Hamilton. February, March, the two hot. Uh, months in 2022, 25 luxury homes sold in each of those two months. But again, last month, two, December, just two, uh, under 10 uh, from June on. So the luxury market has certainly changed. I, I, I'll i tell you, if I was a realtor and if you're, you're looking to get into that luxury market, you better hope it's not your only market that you have because you will starve in that business. Uh, as a realtor, uh, work in that luxury market. I believe me, I love working that luxury luxury market. We we go, you know, we have clients that have high end homes, but we it's not our core focus of business. And and agents, you know, when they get into the business, uh, they feel that hey, this is going to be great. I'm going to go after you know the luxury homes. They will go broke and they will starve if they go after that luxury market. Right. And but and you could see right here now if you look if you look in in uh, in, in in the Hamilton and surrounding area I mean December they sold two houses over two million dollars in December yeah. November like you said five like that's all of the real estate board and and in Hamilton and surrounding areas that's including Ancaster in December they only sold four two in November three in in October so I don't see it yet it may come. I mean, we'll find out in two to three months down the road yeah. when the numbers come out. Certainly looking at the stats, 2021 was a way better year for luxury homes in all three of the markets. We're, you know, we're seeing double digits in Burlington every month except for December. In Hamilton, you know, almost the same kind of story. A lot of double-digit months, luxury homes sold. Niagara, the same thing. 2021 was bonkers for luxury home sales. Uh, incredible. 2021 was an unbelievable year. And also the first quarter of 2022, and uh, that market just blew up, and uh, it just looked like it was Christmas for the whole year uh, <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> it was, you know, and and the first quarter. But now it's not Christmas anymore. You know how they say Blue Monday, you get the bills that come in. Now they have to, they have to, they have to feel. They'll feel the pain of the mortgage and and all the expenses of having that expensive home that people have bought. And, and some of them are selling. I have one guy right now, uh, he bought a house for 885000 and uh, and he bought that actually a year ago. And he, I, I think he even overpaid for the house even when the market was going fast. So he just he just blew his brains out on it. I, I, I couldn't believe he put that much money on it. Now, he's lucky he's going to get seven hundred. He needs to sell. Oof. And I said to him, do you have do you have fifty to eighty thousand dollars to go to your lawyer's office and write a check when you close your deal? Because his mortgage is, uh, I think it's seven hundred and sixty thousand. And 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 I told him, I said, we can list it at seven fifty. You're not going to get an offer. Your house is worth it's your best bet at seven hundred. So I said, you're going to have to write a check for probably eighty thousand dollars on closing date when you close the deal. Like that's the reality for this guy. So I don't know if he's going to go for the deal or not. 
Wow. Rob, I'm going to ask you a prediction about luxury home sales on the other side of the commercial break. Listeners, stay tuned for Rob's answer to the question. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home, when my thoughts escaping home. When my music's playing home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. Silently for Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team, called the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the Golfy team, 905 575 7700, the first real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year online. RobGolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can follow the Golfi team on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. If you want to get an instant home estimate, go to the website, GolfiHomeValue.com. Punch in a couple of digits. You'll get a pretty good idea of what your home could go for on the open market. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfi team you would like answered on a future program, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about filing for bankruptcy and what happens to your house uh, if a parent dies and they leave you their home. What happens to you then? But here is the question I want to ask you about luxury homes in the Hamilton Burlington Niagara market. We're talking about homes that are $2 million or more. Over the last seven to eight months, we've had not one month with double-digit luxury home sales. Will there be at least one in 2023 where we have 10 sales or more in a month? I could see possibly maybe 10, 12, uh, but maybe one or two months this year. But I think for sure we'll get one month uh, uh, with maybe over uh, $2 million sales. So now we got Flamborough that is part of the the Hamilton Wentworth and mm-hmm. uh, Waterdown, Ancaster, Dundas, um, it, it, it's, and, and Stony Creek. So will we see that? I think it's going to be a stretch to see a double digit, but I, I, I think it's going to be tough. I, I really do. And we might see one month. I, I'm going back. I'm going to stick with one month okay. if we do, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be one month of it. That's and it. My guess is it'll either be February, March, maybe April. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It, it, we'll see it the next 90 days. If not, then it's not happening. Yeah. All right, let's move on to um, an update on the housing market from CREA, the Canadian Real Estate Association, updating its forecast for home sales activity in 2023. And it's also got an extended outlook to 2024. Long story short, it is predicting that first-time homebuyers certainly going to have tremendous difficulty getting into the markets, primarily because... Well, not only the the supply issue, but the mortgage rates are a a big stumbling block. Uh, The national average home price is forecast to decline 
6% on an annual basis to $662,000 this year. And for 2024, the prediction is that the national home sales are forecasted to rise by 10.2% to 546,000 and change units changing hands as markets continue to return to normal. Um, certainly, it's it's good news to see that the uh, activity is going to return to normal in a couple of years' time, or at least sometime next year. But the prices of homes nationally, collectively, will go down. What's the expectation in Hamilton? Going down a little bit or more stabilization? I, I think in Hamilton, we're going to see a little bit of up and down, up and down, like by two, three points up, two, three points down, two, three points. I, I think we're going to flatline for a while. Uh, it just depends on the area. Like the mountain is always a strong market. Stony Creek is. Uh, it, Ancaster, you know, because of tie ends, you're going to see that market drop a bit because people are going to negotiate more aggressively on the higher end homes. But I, I do think um, the, it, it's just going to be a stabilized year, in, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I know there's a lot of debt out there. I, I, I get it. There, and uh, But it just, there is still a shortage of homes out there. And once the, the people come back and, and start looking again, um, they are going it, to, it's going to bring the market, uh, the activity uh, fast again. And it's just, uh, I don't see it dropping that much more. Uh, I'd be surprised because November, December, it dropped just a tidbit, but not like three, four, five points like it was every month uh, from April to all the way down to uh, November. So I, I think we hit pretty close the bottom if not if we're not there already and and buyers are feeling comfortable what the market is and they're they're starting to slowly come back and uh and they're starting to you know get pre-approvals and and uh and 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 looking at homes and right now just one thing i want to say now they're they're announcing they're announcing the uh uh mortgage if there's going to be an increase or not uh next week yeah some people predict it's going to be a quarter point now, if you have a mortgage or you're looking to get pre-approved, get your pre-approval now before it goes up. Get it done this week so you can lock in a, a little lower interest rate. Do that, and then you're good for, I think, 120 days, 90 to 120 days. Call your mortgage broker. If you don't have one, let us know or, or go to your bank. Get pre-approved and lock in that interest rate. I just wanted to say that to people before next uh, before next week uh, when they uh, if they do a change or not. It's a great point. I was just going to mention that in, in association to... Um, the Cree expecting about 500,000 properties to be sold this year, uh, 0.5% down from last year. So not much of a change, which you kind of alluded to in the, you know, 1% up here or maybe a half a percent down there month to month. In terms of the average price in 2024, looks like uh, nationwide, it's going to go up to 685,000, which would be an increase of 3.5% from what's forecasted this year. So, that's some pretty good news, especially for those who are going to uh, potentially unload their homes in, in 2024. But it, it comes back to what the Bank of Canada is going to announce. If, if they say, hey, we're holding steady and inflation goes down again, then maybe those interest rates will creep down a little bit. That might be wishful thinking at this point, but that seems to be what we're eventually going to be heading towards. And that could spur a little more housing activity. Absolutely. Um, I, I... And people, a lot of people are waiting to see what's going to happen next week. And regardless, I think regardless what happens next week, the buyers, they're going to come back into the marketplace. The ones that have been sitting and waiting, 
that constipation is just going to blow up. It's just going <laughs> to happen next week. You're going to start saying, okay, it, it doesn't matter. We, we can't, you know, because they're waiting and seeing what's going to happen. I truly feel that this spring market will be busy, not as busy as last year or the year before, but it will be a busy market. The buyers will be comfortable. They're going to accept the fact of the interest rate. Um, and, 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 and there might be some multiple offers on some, on, on some listing, especially on the lower end, like houses that are going between five and six and, or, or six and 700,000. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of buyers in that marketplace. We've got, I've got a buyer right now. They're looking around in the Niagara area. They're looking in uh, around the five fifty six hundred range, which they can get themselves a nice, you know, a bungalow that's probably built in the 1960s, which is, and hopefully they get something that's fairly updated. So they don't have to do too much work on it, but you're, they're, they're starting to come back and they're, you know, they know about the interest rates. They, they, they know what they can afford. What, what the biggest killer is about, uh, in, with this interest rate is, is the stress test. That is the biggest killer. You know, uh, they have to, they have to qualify for 2% more than what the actual interest rate is. And that makes it a little bit tougher. Um, and it, especially for the, the person that doesn't have that extra money and, and, you know, for couples that don't make as much money as, as other couples, you know, that make 80, 90,000 each a year. And you got couples that are making 50, 60 each a year. So they're kind of limited what they can afford to buy. It's not cheap to buy a house right now. Like, uh, like, like, like we were talking last week with Phil, uh, he's been looking and he can't believe how much the mortgage uh, payments are going to be, uh, be when he buys a house. Like he's going to like, he's like, whoa, like it's like, he, he doesn't understand how people can afford uh, a house anymore. Now, like he, even him at his age, he's looking at it and saying, this is going to be tough. Hmm. So, um, it, it will be tough for a lot of buyers there. And that's why, um, they're, they're doing multi, multi-generational homes right now and they're building them, uh, basically three level houses, each level, has bedrooms and kitchen and bathrooms. And so you got multi-generational, you got the grandparents, the, the kids and the grandkids uh, uh, living in, in the same house. And that's what immigrants are doing right now. They're coming in and they're living. There's 10, 15 of them living in one house so they can pay that house off on and go on to the next house. Um, but it, again, it, it, the, the affordability is going to be tough and people are going to have, families are going to have to move in together to afford it until they be able to go on their own. With uh, interest rates where they are, with mortgage rates where they are, uh, we, when I say we, the royal we uh, here in Ontario and across Canada, might be anticipating a rise in insolvencies, in bankruptcies. Um, Number one, have you ever ever dealt with an individual who had to sell their house because they had gone bankrupt? Um, Yes. And and in some cases, chances are, uh, if you bought in the last, uh, 18 months or two years, uh, and with the market going up and down, if you don't have that much equity in there, the banks will not want to take the house. Just keep paying the mortgage, mm-hmm. just continue on what you're doing and they'll let you have the house. But if you have a lot of equity, they'll force you to sell the house. They they'll because, uh, they, because there's creditors that need to be paid. Uh, they'll look at it and say, look, you, you bought the house for 800,000. The house is worth uh, you put only 10% down. The house is worth 700,000 now. Chances are your mortgage is more than uh, more than what your uh, 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 house is worth. Uh, if you want to stay, you could stay. It, it might be cheaper than renting. It depends. They can walk away from it or they can keep it and continue on. But I think they have to have less than uh, around less 10% equity in the house uh, 
uh, for them to keep it. If they have if they have a lot more and they know there could be an extra hundred thousand there to pay creditors, they'll they'll force them to sell. Do you anticipate this could be an issue in in twenty twenty three? People walking away from their homes because they just they can't afford it. Yeah, they're, they're, the bankruptcy level was uh, was climbing uh, in two thousand nineteen. The pandemic hit, so everything just got put on hold. Yeah. Um, but now um, the the uh, trustees out there are noticing that it's it's starting to climb back up uh, slightly again. And so there's probably people that were going to file bankruptcy in 2020, 21. They just put it on hold because nothing was happening. They got served money. Who knows what, whatever their situation is. Uh, they may they they may not be able to continue going forward. Uh, uh, unless they do file bankruptcy because a lot of, a lot of companies were, you know, say, okay, we understand it's, you know, it's COVID, you know, pay your bill when you can. Well, guess what? Now everything's pretty well back to normal almost. Uh, so companies are going to expect their money. Uh, visa companies are going to expect them, you know, if they're not paying their minimum payment, they may be uh, maxed out. It's hard to tell if people are choked and, and they realize they're not making enough money to pay all the uh, creditors and bills, they'll file bankruptcy. I think that's going to pick up, especially with interest rates rising, people's household in, uh, income that they have going to be eaten up a lot by uh, uh, the mortgage. And I think there, I was reading someplace that um, it was an 85% of people's uh, income is been, it has been eaten up by uh, household uh, debt. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm sure the number of uh, bankruptcies or insolvencies in the months to come will be much greater than what we've seen uh, since the pandemic started. That is for sure. Um, there's another scenario we should talk about, and it's, you know, it's not a uh, a popular topic when a parent dies, but uh, obviously this has happened. This is a part of life. Um, but there's an interesting scenario that if a parent dies and leaves you the home to sell. Um, there could be some uh, tricky stick handling uh, associated with that. What are some of the the things that people do or should be doing when a parent dies and leaves them their house? Number one, obviously call the golfy team at 905-575-7700 to get the home sold. But in, in between that, what should they be doing? Well, I, I just had I just had one uh, I was talking to uh, last night. It was uh, a, a, a neighbor, a, uh, a girl that I grew up with. She lived three doors down and, uh, I knew her mother passed away, uh, I think about six months ago and they're in the process of cleaning the house up. I mean, I, I said, did you contact your lawyer and find out about probate and everything else like that just to see if they're able to sell it? So I'm actually going to talk to, uh, uh, my lawyer and find out what the first step for her is to, to be done. But, um, usually, uh, obviously the house is going to go to her and her sister um, and they're, and they're in good terms. So they're just getting the house ready and putting it up for sale it, it, in the will. It was, it was that, you know, they were going to inherit the property. So they'll end up selling it. Now, the other part where the more difficult part is, is sometimes when the parent, one of the parents lo- loaned money or gave money to one of the siblings and the siblings, and they say, okay, well, you know, this is part of your, this is your inheritance. So you're not going to get anything. Okay. So, and I have a case like that right now where there was four, I think four kids, one of them got their inheritance years ago. So the father says, you're not going to be in the will because you got your stuff. So now, now 
the, the will is laid, the parents, the father passed away. Now he's not in the will and there was no record. They, the other three siblings can't find a record of, of the money that was lent to the fourth sibling. Hmm. So now the fourth sibling say, Hey, I'm not in, uh, in the will, but I don't care. I want my share. So he's protesting the will. Right. So that ties things up and it becomes a big mess. So, so the father should have had something in writing. They could say, Hey, you want to fight this? No problem. But you got your money like three years ago and sorry, but now he may have a case. They may have to split it with him four ways because, and, and guess what? He's the, he's the winner. Another, another difficulty is uh, blended families. Oh boy, those are messy. When you <laughs> Let, get to, let's get to uh, that on the other side of the commercial break. I also have a question regarding whether we should, or people who lose a parent and obtain their home, whether they should sell the home as is or fix it up and then sell it. We'll get to that next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHM. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you alongside Rob Gulfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Gulfy team. Call the number one Remax team in Canada, the Gulfy team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Follow the Gulfy team on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And head over to golfyhomevalue.com. That website again is Gulfy golfyhomevalue.com to get an instant home estimate. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfy team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfy.com. Uh, we're talking about when a parent dies and leaves you the house, what happens? And Rob, just before the break, you said it gets really sticky when it's a blended family. Yes, it, it does. Um, because it it depends how much money one of the partners comes in with when they, they get together. Now, obviously some of them, you know, they each have two or three kids or whatever. And so, and a lot of times what they do in their will is saying, if, if the one spouse passes away, the other one can stay there forever. But once they sell it there, that half of the house has to go to his side of the family. Mm. But a lot of the times uh, money in the bank uh, sometimes ends up not going that way. It just depends. Like there, there, there's so much, oh, it, 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 it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare and it's a battle. And sometimes we get stuck in the middle of that battle um, and, and playing, you know, both sides. Like, you know, like, like, like you're both, you're going to both sides. Like, I understand. I understand. I understand. And then the other side, yes, I get it. I understand. You don't want to take any sides. You, you just let them deal with it with the lawyers. But I think, um, when there's blended families, they should have something written out um, more deeper than just, you know, if I pass away, my wife can stay or my husband can stay in the house until uh, they decide to move. Then it gets sold. The one half goes to them. They're going to stay there forever. Uh, and what happens is 
the other side of the family is waiting for that other, <laughs> that step in law to pass away so they can uh, inherit the money. And uh, it, it becomes complicated, very complicated. And, 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 and if siblings don't get along, it, it becomes more complicated. And what makes more things complicated is sometimes the parent, they put, if they got three kids, they put all three as uh, the executor and, it, and nobody can make a decision. Hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know what I mean? It, 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 they should just make one or two. The ones that, that uh, are more I'm not saying stable. I just said stable, but I'm more, you know, in tuned of and more reasonable. What, the sibling that is going to be fair and reasonable. And, and every parent knows which sibling that is. Yeah. Every, they know. They, you know what I mean? So I think that person uh, is going to be the one that should just handle it. It does become a nightmare for them because they got to handle the estate and, uh, and, and they got to do the cleanup and, and all that kind of stuff. If the other siblings don't want to help out, but, it, you just gotta, you just gotta write it out in the will very clearly uh, when uh, when somebody passes away. Yeah. You just, it's gotta be written out. Please, people out there, you 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 should. Uh, you may think you have a will and it's been done thirty years ago or whatever. Update it. You may have grandchildren now. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have, uh, you know, uh, other kids. Like, just get it done. Update it. It should be updated all the time. Uh, we've got a couple minutes. I wanted to ask you about in this market, if someone loses a parent, they obtain their home, should they sell it as is or fix it up and sell it? You know what? It, it depends. They got to be careful. You don't want to, depending on the time of the market. Now it, it, in this market that we're in, I would just say, just get it on the market, clean it up, maybe put a paint job the most, the most. Now, some people I've seen, they, they renovated it. They put new bathrooms, new kitchens, new everything, and their expectation is is pretty high. And then when it doesn't come through, they're very disappointed. And I tell them, I said, you you know, like it, if you live there and you did that for yourself, that's fine. But if you're doing it to flip, to trying to gain more money, just you know, do it on another investment. Just do it. Don't do it there, you know, because you, you know, you know, one sibling convinces the other sibling, yeah, let's put another. $200,000 into a house and, and we might get another $400,000 for it. It's not going to happen. Inherit the house, clean it up, empty it, paint it and make it look fresh and clean. And you will do well with, uh, with the sale that price. Uh, but it just, uh, you know, do it on another property, just get it done. And my for, uh, for an inherited property. That's my opinion. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob robgolfie.com. When we come back in our final segment of the Golfie Real Estate Show, we'll talk about mortgage protection insurance and whether or not you should get it if you are buying a house. You're listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
last go-round here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. The first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com if you have a topic idea or a question you would like answered on a future show. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. And follow them on social media. They're dominating the scene on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Mortgage protection insurance. We have auto insurance. We have uh homeowners insurance, we have life insurance, we have insurance up the yin-yang. Do we need, Rob Golfie, mortgage protection insurance? I, I do believe in mortgage protection insurance, but I wouldn't do it through the banks. Um, I would actually get a, a, a mortgage insurance guy, sorry, not a mortgage insurance, I would get an insurance guy to come in and get you uh, a life insurance policy, just a term, cheap term, uh, so that in the event something happens, uh, you're covered. Um, so your coverage, let's say you're a young person, 30 years old, you've got a half $500,000 mortgage, you bought a $700,000 house and you want to get a, a $500,000 term life insurance policy cheap, just in case something happens. And in, in the event, one of your partners passes away, that gets paid. You can use that money to pay the mortgage off or whatever, or you, whatever for yourself. You have that. Now, if you get the insurance through the mortgage company, which they make a lot of money, they try to push it on you sometimes. Uh, let's say you had the mortgage for 10 years and they only pay out what the balance of the mortgage is, not what the, the start of the mm, mortgage is. Right. So, and so you got to be very careful with that. And, and I don't know if they go through the pro- process of uh, giving you a full physical or anything like that. I, I, I'm not sure about that because I, I've never bought mortgage insurance. I always bought term or uh, whole life or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then if something happens and it says, well, you had a pre-existing condition and, and then you got, then you got headaches trying to, trying to get this thing done, what you thought you were liable for. But my opinion is, and, and it's more expensive if you buy mortgage insurance, the mortgage life insurance, it is way more expensive than just buying regular term. So if if you have, if you're paying for mortgage life insurance in the event something happens to you, uh, in my opinion, uh, and I would go and call uh, a, a life insurance expert and find out what, what the uh, same amount is in a term and, and I would get that and cancel the other one so that you're not overpaying every month. Uh, put that extra money in your pocket or, or put it someplace else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple minutes. There, there was a topic last week that we, we didn't get to, and that was buying a historic home, what people should know. We have a lot of historic homes here in Hamilton. I'm not sure if many have been changing hands over the last year or so, but um, you know they offer some pros and cons when you are occupying a, a historic home, one of them being... You know, it's just, it's a plain old house. So there's going to be creaky floors or, you know, uh, imperfect corners or whatever the case is, but it really holds a lot of value as well. It does. A lot of people love uh, living in a, in a historic home because it gives that home feel. It's got that historic, it, it, it is, I've owned uh, historic homes. I love them. I lived in a century home for 15 years 
and it had a carriage house in the back. It was over a 300 foot lot deep and I loved it. It was great. But if you're a young person and it's your first time house, make sure you get a home inspection. I'm telling you because these homes, they've got a lot of, a lot of secrets in there and a lot of issues. <laughs> and so, you know, get that. Find out if the uh, if the floors are straight or not. Bring a, a a ball if it rolls to one side of the house all the time. Maybe you need an inspector to find out. Hey, do we need to jack up the house on one side to to make it even more? But old homes are fantastic, but they do need uh, nurturing and they do need a little bit of money. So be very careful if you're a young couple. Uh, make sure you get a home inspection. Don't buy it without uh, without a home inspection. And I know a lot of houses got sold last year in the last two years without home inspections because of the market was fast. Those people that did buy it, I'm sure they're feeling the pain now that they, they have to fix some things in that house. And, and, uh, but that's how old homes are. And, uh, but they're beautiful to live in. Another thing, you know, I was going to say another thing too, and we only got about a minute here, you know, a lot of first time home buyers or new homeowners want to, you know, make their own mark. If you're in a historic home, you might not be allowed to, depending on your municipal bylaws. Exactly. Especially on the outside, they yeah. won't allow you to change anything. You, have, you can, don't just go and rip the porch apart and, and <laughs> thinking you could do whatever you want. Yeah. They, the neighbors will call right away. They'll call the historic society. Hey, there's a guy ripping the porch down. He's going to ruin our neighborhood. <laughs> So you got to be careful with that. So check that out always to see if it is, uh, 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 what do you call it, historic, uh, uh, granted a historic uh, value or whatever they, they call it, yeah. uh, designated historic. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to The Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition. We are back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.